This podcast is made possible by our supporters over on Patreon. If you'd like to support the show and get your own RSS feed with ad-free shows and extra episodes every month, then head over to patreon.com slash Retro. For another episode of the Nerd Cave Retro Show. My name is Jason Robbins. And my name is Derek Diamond. So I got uh, a present over the weekend. Uh, Mr. Joey Image. Well, I had gotten I had gotten a hold uh, uh, a few weeks ago or a couple months ago, however long it was, about two months ago. I got a hold of a, a Sega Saturn, just the console, right? And uh, it was given to me by a friend who was like, hey, I got a Sega Saturn and an N64. Do you want it? I was like, hell yeah, I want it. So it gave them to me, and um, I got the Sega Saturn. I was like, you know what? I don't know if I want to spend all this money on trying to get a system working that I'm not sure I'm going to like, because I've never played a Sega Saturn, and that's a lot of money to dump into it. So I, the first person I thought of was Mr. Joey Image, and uh, texted him and said, hey, I got the Sega Saturn I'm going to send to you. Um, as you know, just as a thank you for being a friend, you know, just, just to have. And he was like, cool, man. And he's like, I'll send you a Dreamcast. I was like, you ain't got to, but okay. <laughs> and uh, I know people are thinking like, how is that a fair trade? Like a full Sega Dreamcast for just a Sega Saturn console. But you got to remember, Joey's the Sega Dreamcast hoarder. He's got like 85 of them in his closet. So he he could he could do to lose one to me. So thank you very much Mr. Joey Image for for sending that to me. I appreciate that so much. Yeah, no, that's fantastic. Dreamcast is a great console. So I am excited for you to immerse yourself into it. And uh he if you've never seen his his YouTube videos, just go to Joey Image TV on uh on YouTube and he's got an unboxing video that somebody sent him. Uh, Sega Dreamcast last year, I think it was sometime. That sounds right. Like, hadn't even been open, like still in the package. And uh, he did an unboxing video for that. And uh, so go go check out his videos. He's got a good YouTube channel over there. And uh, say hi to him for us. He, usually he's in the chat room. He might pop in in a little bit. But uh, but thank you, Mr. Joey Image, when you're listening to this. And uh, thank you so much for the Sega Dreamcast. I'll be talking about it. A little bit later in the uh, in the review portion of the show. So, what about you? Anything exciting happen over the weekend? Um, just working more on uh, on my movie. We've uh, I mentioned this I think briefly last week, but we're going to be shooting August thirteenth and fourteenth. Okay. So, um, I hope to have it edited maybe in like September or October. I'm not going to wait as long as I did with the Parker syndrome. Yeah. Uh, to get it done and edited. So um, hopefully we'll we'll do some kind of premiere for it uh, in the fall and then submit it to the festival run. But there, there is one important thing we need to talk about before we dive into the news, and that is the occasion of today. Mm-hmm. Not as it's just Nerd Cave Retro, but six years ago to <laughs> the day we dropped the very first episode of the show. Does it feel like it's been six years? It doesn't, it doesn't. Like, it feels like yesterday, but then when I think about everything that's happened in the last six years, it's like, man, that was feels like a lifetime ago, but it also feels like yesterday. 
Well, I think also is that, you know, you and I were both in completely different places <laughs> in our lives when we yeah. started the when we started the show. Um, I, I was actually thinking about this today as far as like some of my favorite moments from the show. And I think, you know, when I think of the show, I think of just some kind of behind the scenes. stuff. like, you know, a lot of the reviews have been great. There have been fun stuff to talk about. But, you know, I think of like the Pensacon panels that we've done. Um, the the two commentary tracks that come to mind are Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. And then driving to your house to do the wizard commentary in person. Yeah. Which was, was really fun. fun. <laughs> yeah. And then um, what was the other one that I was thinking of? Oh, it was um, back when we used to do the show just strictly on audio. Back when I worked at the Blue Wahoos, I don't know if some people remember this, but we used to record the show on Sunday nights. Mm -hmm. And during the summer, I would stay at the stadium uh, and record the show because we would normally record around like eight, I think. Yeah. And then and the games would end around like seven, seven thirty. So I would leave the stadium and it would be like really dark they'd shut all the lights off and it was really really creepy like a scene out of a horror movie but yeah you know, those are moments that i think of when i think of nerd cave retro yeah i just go back and think to the beginning how funny it is that the whole what our plans were for the show or had completely changed by like the the third or fourth episode because this this was just supposed to be a um uh you know like a seasonal podcast we were going to do like six to ten episodes uh, in the summer and winter. And that was, we were going to do maybe, you know, like 12 to 16 episodes a year. And it it was because at the time when we started it, there was no, there there were hardly any, if any, retro gaming podcast. Because I remember doing a search for, because I wanted to listen to retro, I was get you know we were getting back into retro gaming. I had hooked all my old Nintendo stuff back up, and uh, got into retro gaming again. And and there were no podcasts to listen to, none. Uh, and and so I told Eric, told Derek, like man, let's just make our own show, and uh, we'll just do it, you know, because we had other podcasts going on at the time, and we were like, let's just do it seasonally, and uh, that way we won't stress ourselves out. Well, the show quickly became the most favorite thing I did all week because it was the least stressful thing I did all week, and the numbers were through the roof, but like from the beginning. So I was like, "Well, maybe we should just keep doing it all the time." Yeah, we made that decision pretty quickly. I think it was after the first or second episode that we did. Yeah, we were like, "We we gotta keep this going," and I, I'm glad we did. You know, because who knows what number of episode we'd be on now if we stuck to the original plan but here we are at episode 283 well even if we just did 12 episodes a year like what's what's 12 times six uh like i can't even do it like i'm I'm bad at math (laughs) like 72 episodes or something by now was it 12 times six yeah 12 times six 72 yeah 72 we did we'd be at 72 episodes right now if we just did 12 episodes a year yeah, and I honestly like I I can't imagine not doing this show. Yeah, you know this... it's like I, I think you and I especially like podcasting will be forever ingrained into both of us because we've both been doing it for so long. Oh yeah, you know with your with this show that we do together with our separate shows that we've done in the past and currently, like I can't imagine not at least doing one podcast a week. Yeah, I mean at the time I was doing Pop Culture Palette. 
you were doing the Nerd Cave, and uh, were you doing Derek Diamond Experience at the time? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you, this was your third podcast for the week. <laughs> at the oh, no, at one point, I was doing five shows a week. Yeah. And I was I was doing this one, the Nerd Cave, the Derek Diamond Experience. I was doing a wrestling show mm. and a fantasy football show. And as much as I love doing the Pop Culture Palette, that, that show just took a lot of work because we put so much into that show like doing the game show stuff and then trying to find things to talk about because it was kind of a you know just kind of a generalized podcast where we just kind of talked about whatever and those kind of shows are kind of hard to do um sometimes and and you know we had guests on uh here and there it was mainly a guest show when we first started it was when it was just me and steve um but when it came down to just doing nerd cave retro like this was just the easiest show i'd ever done as, and it was stuff I was doing anyway. Like, I was playing those old games and wanting to talk about them. So it was just so easy to do. And there's never an end to retro gaming news. So we always have news to talk about. It's very rare that we're like, yeah, there's not much news this week. But, you know, I just, I am just, I still enjoy doing this show as much as I did in the beginning. This show kept me from going crazy a few times in my life when when there were some huge uh life changes that happened to me a couple of years ago and you know I left the show for about a month to kind of recover but this was the one th- one thing I could hang on to that kept me grounded and I really appreciate the show and I appreciate you all the people that that have been with us this whole time the people that are still coming on thank you all very much for being here and listening to us do this show because it, it is very much one of the most favorite things that I've ever done. No, and I feelings are right back at you, sir. You know, it's, uh, I look forward to doing this every week. I know that with my old job, you know, there'd be stretches where I couldn't do the show because of work. And then uh, like you, I had to leave the show for a bit to, yeah. to, to take care of some personal issues the, um, that came up. So, um, yeah, it's. And we always I think have if good, that, if that we always have good backups to cover for us too. If we ever need yeah, to and I was off. I was gonna say if that ever happens again with one of us, you know, like we we can keep the show going, which yeah. is good. So, but uh, but yeah, thank and thank all you guys in the chat room for hanging out with us, Axeblade and Rampage and Farliston. Thank you guys. Thank all you guys for hanging out with us and uh, all you creepers that are watching right now. I know you're out there and you're watching. You don't have to say anything, but I know you're there. But thank you guys so much, and uh, that's that's about all I got to say about it. Yeah, no, I couldn't have said it better myself. But it is time for the news. Let's do it. And all of our stories are sent to us by you. These in particular are sent to us by Armez Jackson and I Am The Rampage. And if you have a story you'd like us to cover, send them to nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. And right before we go into this, I do want to let everybody know that I have streamlined everything. Nerdcaveretro.com now takes you to our link tree, and you can get to everything from there. So all you got to do, if you need to find out, you know, Instagram, Twitter, uh, you know, our Patreon, whatever. It's all at the link tree, which is nerdcaveretro.com. So now we are streamlined, baby. Hashtag streamlined. Yeah. God bless link tree, by the way. I know it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Uh, and first story tonight comes from nintendolife.com. Sega Genesis Mini 2 confirmed for North American release this October. 
Uh, it's announced it's bringing the Je- Genesis Mini to console to North America on the 27th of October. It follows the original Mega Drive Mini and includes more Genesis titles and Sega CD games to boot and was previously confirmed only for Japan, uh, but will be enjoying the 50-plus games it come w- comes with in the West, too. Console will come with the coveted six-button pad, uh, the C, um, which I, I love that pad. I wish they would have had that for the first one. Um, and some of the games are, they, they do have a lot of the Sega CD games coming for it, like they have Sonic CD, Shining Force CD, Sylphid, uh, Night Air, Air, what did that say? Night Strikers? I, yes, Night Striker. Uh, Ninja Warriors, Afterburner 2, Outrun, Outrunners, Virtual Racing, Hang On, uh, Super Hang On, Sonic 3D Blast, uh, The Ooze, Vector Man 2, Wanted Dead or Alive, Bonanza Brothers, Alien Soldier, Splatterhouse 2, Rolling Thunder 2, Lightning Force, and many, many, many more. And I cannot tell you how excited I am for this. This is a day one purchase for me. It's the confirmed game so far. So there's a chance we're going to get more. Yeah, I'm right there with you. This is going to be a day one purchase for me. Um, A lot of these games I have not played. Um, I've professed my love for Sonic CD in the past. I actually have not reviewed Sonic 3D Blast. I keep forgetting about that game. Um, It's been many, many years since I've played it, so I'm excited to to do that again. Um, Vector Man 2 I've never played, but I'm intrigued by that. Uh, there's, There's a ton. And you know, we've we've praised the Genesis Mini. It's to me the best of the mini consoles that have come out mm-hmm. between that, the Turbo Graphics, and the two Nintendos. So I think this is going to be even better. And uh, Joey M has just joined us in the chat room. I knew he was going to be here. We were just talking about you, sir. Joey <laughs> gave me the Dreamcast this weekend, and uh, so yeah. But the Sega CD or the the Sega Mini, mi- <sighs> Sega Genesis, Genesis Mini. mini Two is coming out. That's so hard to say. That is a mouthful. But uh, but I I can't wait. I love the first one. I can't wait to get this one. Uh, and I think they said the price is going to be a hundred bucks, even though it's not in the article here. But uh, wait, it says uh, it is available for pre-order for the slightly unconventional price of one hundred and three eighty plus shipping. Um, which I I don't mind. I will easily pay that for for this console. Yeah, and like I said, there's going to be more games, I think, that they announce. So it'll be worth it. Uh, and actually, said in the chat room that apparently it is a an Amazon exclusive in the USA. That's kind of weird. That is very weird. Huh. Because I went and got so, mine at Walmart, the original one. I can't remember where I bought mine. Seems like forever ago. But yeah. I'm getting it either way. Let's see. Our next story also comes to us from NintendoLife.com. Best Nintendo Switch beat-em-ups. Let's see. Beat-em-ups have been a staple of gaming since the mid-1980s when Kung Fu Master birthed the genre in the arcades. It was arguably 1987's Double Dragon, which kicked off the golden age of the side-scrolling brawler. Though, and some of our best gaming memories involve strutting down streets and getting into digital scraps, usually with a player two at our side, unless you're an only child like me and you had to go it alone. Uh, there's a beautiful simplicity and accessibility to beat em ups that make for perfect local multiplayer fun. So they have a list of best beat em ups that are on the Switch that include Fight and Rage, Castle Crashers Remastered. Castle Crashers is great. 
Streets of Red Devil's Dare Deluxe, the Capcom Beat 'em Up Bundle. I highly which, recommend that. That is which a includes good Final Fight and Battle Circuit, uh, Wolverblade, which looks kind of cool, Ape Out, Double Dragon, and Kunio Kun Retro Brawler Bundle, mm-hmm. Johnny Turbo's Arcade Night Slashers, Sega Mega Drive Classics, Sengoku Three, The Ninja Saviors Return of the Warriors. Uh, Bud Spencer and Terrence Hill slaps in beans. <laughs> Love that name. Love it. Uh, let's see. Mutation Nation, River City Girls, Streets of Rage 4. Uh, it doesn't have Shredder's Revenge on here. This, uh, yeah, that needs to be on here. Uh, yeah. You have double, that... double Dragon Neon, which I know is a favorite of uh, I Am the Rampage. He loves that game. Uh, I don't know if reviewing shredder's revenge would be kosher because it's not technically a retro game well, but... it's on here it's way down at the bottom oh gotcha okay i must have missed it oh yeah it says here at the top of the article updated with shredder's revenge okay so it is on there good but a lot of these i have not played i've heard good things about them and i know we you know when we had um brian dunaway on a few weeks ago we talked about beat em ups we did our top fives and it's interesting that there's almost been like a, rena- a resurrection or a renaissance yeah. of beat em ups. And I love a good beat em up. That is probably, probably my favorite genre of uh, video games is a good side scrolling beat em up. Like I can just get sucked into those games. Yeah, it's up there for me. I, platformers would still probably be my number one, but it'd definitely be in the top three to top five. Like, that Capcom bundle is really good. I highly suggest that. Of course, Shredder's Revenge. Streets of Rage 4 is probably the best, one of the best beat-em-ups ever made. So if you haven't played Streets of Rage 4, that I would say if you haven't played any of these, that's the one to get is Streets of Rage 4. Start with that one and then go from there. I still need to play it. Oh, dude, it's so good! <laughs> it's so good, and you can get it on the Switch, PS4, wherever you wherever you want to play it at. Yeah. Uh, next story comes from EscapistMagazine.com. Black Jewel Reborn is a new hack and slash for the NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis, and Game Boy. German indie developer PC PSCD Games has launched a Kickstarter for Black Jewel Reborn, a co-op hack and slash game with an awesome twist is coming to the SNES, SNES, Sega Genesis, and Game Boy as four different versions catering to the individual hardware. Uh, the premise of the game is spectacularly generic. Dark Horror has stolen the Black Jewel from the Temple of Power, and Ryan the, Bar- Ryan the Barbarian, I didn't notice that first, and Julia the Amazon are the only two people strong enough to get it back and stop Dark Horror from taking over the kingdom. Everything about it. It's just great. That sounds awesome to me. Like, that's the storyline. That's all you need for a good hack and slash NES game. Like, that's all you need to know. That's all we got back in the day was just one little paragraph of a story and then just boom, go. I just can't get over the fact that the barbarian's name is Ryan. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, he's an accountant by day, barbarian by night. You know, I, I mean, they could at least call him Brian the barbarian and had some alliteration, you know? Yeah, that would have been a little bit better. A barbarian named Ryan. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, man, so that's I guess, great. But it, it does sound fun, though. Yeah, I mean, I guess just go to Kickstarter and uh, look for, um, it's called Black Jewel Reborn, and just look up PSCD Games. And it, it, there's a, a screen cap on this article that shows what I'm assuming is the different versions of, of the game. Yeah. So you can see, like, the difference between the NES, SNES, mm-hmm so on and so forth like the game boy one is just so prevalent to me because i'm like god it it makes me think of staring at that screen in the car when i was a kid it looks cool it looks very much like a kind of a castlevania slash um like uh, almost like a like a ghost and goblin slash castlevania type of look to it yeah yeah i would agree with that i dig it yeah Let's see. Next up from NintendoLife.com, a brand new 3DS game is launching this week. If you remember a little while back, we reported on a rather ambitious indie developer from Australia who's looking to bring seven new titles to the Wii U and 3DS, defying the upcoming eShop closure. I remember us talking about that. Uh, One of those games is about to come to fruition as Silver Falls Ghoul Busters will be launching on the Nintendo 3DS on July 14th with release dates in Europe and Australia to follow soon. The game follows Silver Falls 3, uh, Silver Falls 3 Down Stars, which launched back in January 2020 to middling reviews. Although it sounds remarkably similar to a small 1984 movie starring up-and-comers Bill Murray and Sigourney Weaver, Silver Falls Ghoul Busters is an homage to classic 2D platformers and is said to boast tightly designed levels that will provide a solid challenge for all gamers. I love the fact uh, the story- that we're, we're getting new games for old systems. And it's it's only ten bucks, and it's really not that's not a lot. But it says here the story is set in the early 1990s. Ghoulbusters draws on decades of inspiration of challenging, adrenaline pumping, side scrolling platforming action. Each level in Ghoulbusters offers something new and exciting. No gimmicks or complications, and no random generation. Every level is tightly designed to offer the same kinds of satisfying challenges that made the 90s the golden era for platforming games. It looks pretty cool. I dig the graphics for it. Yeah, I do, too. I'm trying to think of what it reminds me of as far as like, you know, the characters have like oversized heads and small bodies. It's very cartoonish. It it, it looks cool. It looks very cool. I like it. Yeah. Uh, This next story is where is it at? Here it is. Uh, This is the last story, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There we go. Uh, From comicbook.com. Classic Super Mario Brothers anime previews English dub. You may not have known it before now, but Super Mario Brothers once had an anime way back in the day. Actually, we I forgot to put that story in here about um, Nintendo buying the anime studio. I was going to talk about that after this. Okay. Uh, way back in the day, the team at Nintendo worked with Grouper Productions to turn its hit IP into an anime for fans to enjoy. The 1986 affair faded into deep obscurity not long after its release, but fans have been mesmerized by the odd bit of history for decades. After its recent restoration in 4K, Super Mario Bros. The Great Mission to Rescue Princess Peach has teased its English dub. Uh, The peak comes from Mario Radio Show on Twitter as the page is helping dub the anime throwback into English. Uh, And you can go to at Mario Radio Show on Twitter, and uh, and you can watch the clip right there on their Twitter page. 
as soon as I saw the the name of this page, I just said in my in my head, it's the Super Mario Brothers radio show. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, this is cool. I had no idea this even existed. I didn't either. No idea. Yeah. Did you watch the the clip? No, I haven't watched the clip yet, but I'm going to. I I, I just put this in the the doc like right before the show. It screams '80s animation. Yeah, I'll just say that. But it, it, it I'd be, I'd be interested in watching the the final product because you know, as cheesy as it was, I did like Mario Brothers Super Show, and the other you know series that followed. So I, I'd be curious to check this out once they dub it. But yeah, we we t- we said right at the beginning of this uh, this story that Nintendo this week this last week bought a an anime studio. Mm-hmm. Do you and know, it's going to be rebranded Nintendo Pictures. Do you know? Do you know right offhand which anime studio it was that they bought? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Okay, this this is from avclub.com. Uh, THR reports the Japanese game company has just acquired a new animation studio, soon to be rebranded as Nintendo Pictures. Specifically, the Mario makers have picked up visual content company Dynamo Pictures Incorporated with the intent of relaunching it this October as an in-house animation studio. So there's two things that that come to mind when I think of this. Obviously, doing full-on animated movies, which Mm -hmm. I definitely think they should do. But I could also see them adding anime-style cutscenes to some of their games, which I think would be kind of cool. Yeah. But I think if they go the animated movie route i think we're going to get a zelda announcement will be one of the first that they do at least it's what they should do i agree i just i hope it's a i hope it's a series and not well i mean if it's a movie fine but i think zelda needs to be more long form and um and rampage said metroid anime is a must that definitely and i could also see metroid being a long form type of uh uh series or maybe just like a one-off and actually make it dark and maybe not rated r but definitely make it dark and scary like almost a horror movie i would love that metroid would be one of the few properties that i think i would prefer live action to anime but if they did a metroid anime i'm still gonna watch it like i'm not gonna complain Because we've talked about this for years, how Nintendo just has this long list of great projects that they could turn into movies or series. And I agree with you. If they adapt, say they adapt Link to the Past, you can't do that in one movie. It's either got to be a two-part movie or you do a series where you can actually adapt the entire game. And that's the thing with Zelda. You could each season could be a different uh, time frame for uh, the Zelda, you know, because the Zelda timeline is so all over the place. You could each season could tell a different story or like, a, you know, like a different game almost like you could do the link to the past season. You could do the Ocarina of Time season. You could do, you know, Breath of the Wild season like there, there's so much story to tell in an an- a long form anime series with Zelda. I hope that's one of, if not the first project that they do i mean we've got the mario movie coming out so i don't think it's going to be that necessarily um star fox 
would be another great one. You mentioned F-Zero when we talked about it the other day. I think that would be a great one as well. Because F-Zero, they did a lot of world building in F-Zero. With just what little they gave you, there's a lot of... That's a cool world to explore and with those characters. If they do F-Zero, they have to make Captain Falcon like he was in the Smash Brothers games. Just a complete obnoxious douchebag. <laughs> Absolutely. I would love it. But that would be awesome. We'll see what happens. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be a while before we before we get an announcement on anything cuz you know how Nintendo is. They will not tell you anything. They'll they'll wait till the day they're going to drop it and be like uh you know, they'll come out with their Nintendo Direct and be like, "Hey, right now, uh the Legend of Zelda series just dropped on Netflix and it'll be there for us to watch." And there's just a clip of Link saying, excuse me, princess. <laughs> excuse me, princess. Uh, oh, makes me want to vomit. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad, I love it. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and do, uh, we got a little bit of video game history. What do you say? Let's do it. On July 5th of 1987, the Leisure Suit Larry and the Land of the Lounge Lizards adventure is released by Sierra Entertainment. Have you? Did you ever get to play the Leisure Suit Larry games? I can't say that I have. I've seen them. I've never played them. I might actually have to go to good old games or something and get a Leisure Suit Larry game and actually review it for the show. I think that would be fun. Yeah, I think so too. And just... Uh... The name Leisure Suit Larry in the Land of the Lounge Lizards. Try and say in that five times fast. It just, it, it was so tawdry, you know, back yeah. in the day, but I'm sure it's so tame and lame now. It's probably just like corny at yeah, this point. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, July 20th of 1994, LucasArts releases TIE Fighter for MS-DOS, one of the numerous uh, Star Wars computer games that came out during that period of time. I love those games. That's why I went and got me a... And a really awesome flight stick I had back in the day and played X-Wing Fighter and TIE Fighter and Rebel Assault. All those games had had the most awesome flight stick ever for my, my computer back then. So I was reading up about this game. You know, they actually did um, expansions for this that included Grand Admiral Thrawn. Really? Mm-hmm. Did not know that. Yeah, it says here the original game ends with the player preventing a coup against Emperor Palpatine and being personally rewarded. Subsequent expansions focus on Admiral Thrawn's efforts to stop an Imperial traitor. The final mission of the second expansion concludes just before the climactic battle at the end of Return of the Jedi. Hmm. I did not know that until today. I didn't either. Axeblade said uh, in the chat room, if we do Leisure Suit Larry, that could be our first NC-17 episode. (laughs) I'm sure it's not te- even that bad these yeah. days. I'm telling you, though, if we did a Nerd Cave Retro After Dark, that would be fun. Maybe we'll do a Patreon exclusive. We'll do we'll do an exclusive just for patron members that month. We have to get bison smoking jackets. Yes. <laughs> and light up some cigars. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down for that. We'll get some mood lighting. You know, I got my uh, got my lights in here. I can I can turn them red and blue, you know, make it nice and dark in here. 
the intro theme has to be Careless Whisper by George Michael. <laughs> uh, I, well, I'm sure we'll get sued out of existence for that, but okay. It's okay, fine. maybe maybe not that, but the, I think it's a good idea. I'll find something on uh, the, the uh, something that's, you know, uh, free to use, like royalty free that's close to it. If we really want to drive the listeners away, find like a cheap karaoke knockoff of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, July 5th of 1996, Sonic Team releases Nights into Dreams for the Sega Saturn. Uh, I remember us talking about this because I really like the cover art for this, but I've never played this game. And uh, this might be something Joey might want to pick up since he's got a Sega Saturn now. I've wanted to play this game for years. I never owned a Sega Saturn. Whenever I do eventually get one, this is going to be the first game that I get because I this is like up there on my list of games that I want to review. Just like if you're if you're naming off games that just off the top of my head that I'm like, oh, I really want to talk about. It's it's up there. So yeah. I also had a, a really cool comic series uh, back in the day when Archie Comics pr- published the Sonic comic book. They also did like a Knights uh, six issue series, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Maybe and when then we get the last, Sega Saturn Mini, it'll be on there. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it will. Uh, July 19th of 2001, Square releases Final Fantasy X for the PlayStation 2 in Japan. One of two Final Fantasy games that I remember being promoted like crazy on TV. It was like during this time frame when the game came out in the U.S., I saw commercials for Final Fantasy X all the time, like on I, most channels. They were crazy. I don't remember. I don't remember any advertisement for this game. Maybe I just wasn't watching the right channels. This and th- there was actually a sequel called Final Fantasy X-2 that was promoted a lot as well. Uh, I've never talking, played them, though. They're talking in the chat room about uh, Joey said we need a Dreamcast Mini. I guarantee you that's coming, and they're going to oh, yeah. combine. This is my my prediction, is that the Sega has done so good with the mini consoles we're going to get a Sega Dreamcast console, and it's going to be a combination uh, Dreamcast and with all the Saturn. with Well, n- maybe not all the Saturn stuff, but a lot of Saturn games on it, too. That's just I my I could see that. I could definitely see that. But uh, before we go into the review tonight, Derek has Patreon shoutouts. Patreon shoutouts. As always, we'd like to shout out our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. We want to shout out Daniel Salmon, Tyler Watson, Axblade07, Armez Jackson, Hand Solo, Carlos Longoria, a.k.a. Rampage, Rampage. Staff Sergeant Sketch, Gus and Penny, Matthew Salmon, Mike Eveland, Brandon Rutledge and Mr. Joey Image. Thank you all so much for your continued contributions, keeping the lights on for us here at the Nerd Cave Retro Show. And if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, you get early access to our fun commentary tracks. As I mentioned earlier, the Wizard and Super Mario Brothers are just two of the numerous. I've lost count of the number of commentary tracks that we've done throughout the years, but we have everything from full length movies to cartoons. Um, I don't know if we've done any live action shows. I don't think we have, from um, what I can remember. I don't think we've done shows. I mean, we've done movies. We just haven't done any sh- live-action shows. Yeah, we'll have to do that at some point. But yeah, just we numerous... Should do, like, we should do... You know what we should do? We should just do uh, a throwback um, a, a TGIF, where we watch an episode of Full House, Perfect Strangers, um, 
what else was the, uh, Family Matters and what else? Uh, Step by Step or what? What was another TGIF? Um, uh, let me look that up. Let's see TGIF lineup. Because all Let's that see. stuff is available between Hulu and you know. So in the '90s, we had Full House, Family Matters, Perfect Strangers, and just the ten of us. Just, I remember the, ten just of us. the ten of us. Oh, we got to do that. I loved that show for some reason. Probably dumb as hell today, but we should do that. I mean, I'd be okay with that. That'd be fun. I'm down it'd for be, it. It'd be less than. I mean, it'd only be like an hour and forty-five minutes to do. Yeah, because each episodes. show, yeah, without commercials, is twenty-two minutes. Yeah, we could do that. So, yeah. I'm down with that. TGIF cast. I like it. That's a good idea. Yeah, I like it. But yeah, if you want to be a part of our awesome Patreon community, just head over to patreon.com slash retro. And for new patrons, be sure to send us your social media info, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram, so we can give you a proper shout out. We want to tell you all about our friends over at videogamesmonthly.com. If you're looking for a way to beef up your video game collection, then they have you covered. Just head over there, pick the box you want, and tell them what systems you want games for, and boom! It's like Christmas every single month. So if you're looking for that perfect gift for a loved one, or just treating yourself every single month, and I mean, hey, you deserve it. Just head over to videogamesmonthly.com and enter NCR in the Where Did You Hear About Us line at checkout, and you will get a free game in your first month's box. That's right. An extra game, absolutely free. So head over to videogamesmonthly.com. Are you a coffee lover? Do you sometimes need that little extra boost for some all-night gaming sessions? Well, you should head over to brezcoffeeco.com. They have so many different flavors of coffee. doesn't matter what type of coffee you like. They got you covered. Try the Good for Gaming Roast or the Two Hardies One Ship, which is a rum and dark chocolate flavored roast. Not to mention, they keep their seasonal flavors all year long, like the Fall Spice or the Sweet Tooth. They can even add flavors to your coffee. So whatever you need, head over to brezcoffeeco.com and use the code NCR for 10% off of your order. And tonight we will be talking about... This '90s like rocking uh, video game music. God, that song is so good. <laughs> I love it. Marvel vs. Capcom is a series of crossover fighting games developed and published by Capcom, featuring characters from their very own video game franchises and comic book series published by Marvel Comics. It originated as a coin-operated coin-operated arcade game, although later release would be specifically developed for home consoles, handhelds, and personal computers. Me, personally, I played it on the Sega Dreamcast, which I spoke about earlier. That was sent to me by Mr. Joey Image. And um, that was one the, the, actually, this is the first game I popped in when I got it uh, to see if it worked. And put it, put it on the TV, started playing it. And um, I immediately was like, yeah, this is going to be awesome. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm not good at, at fighting games but I still enjoy playing them anyway. 
and you know I I'm just not good at fighting games at all I mean I'm right there with you like I I enjoy them like you know I've talked about Mortal Kombat and other fighting games like Street Fighter I'm not great but they're they're still fun to play and it's funny because you know I've talked about how I don't have a ton of experience with arcades because I just didn't live close to one Mm. in the the mall that was about an hour from where I lived growing up there was an arcade and the game that usually comes to mind when I think of that arcade was Marvel versus Capcom that that was one of the machines that everybody flocked to yeah I mean even still to this day it's a popular like popular arcade cabinet like you can still find them and in places like you know bowling alleys and 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 you know sometimes you'll go to a like a, a grocery store or something or a restaurant and they'll have you know Marvel versus Capcom and it's still so fun to play and this one is basically just a direct port of the the arcade which was crazy by the end of the 90s cuz you know the the late 80s early 90s you would get port arcade ports to like the NES the Super Nintendo and they wouldn't be one-to-one ports. Like, you know, you would get you got Double Dragon and stuff like that on the original NES, and they weren't necessarily as good as the the arcade. It just ne- they never were. They were good enough for what they were for the Nintendo and what the Nintendo could do. Then you got to the Super Nintendo and it got a little better, but then you had games like Final Fight, which you know, I don't know why. Maybe they ran out of space on the cartridges or whatever, but, like, Guy wasn't there anymore. It was just Hagger and, and Cody. And it was... I think there were some levels that were missing, like maybe a boss or two that was taken out of the uh, the Super Nintendo port. Later on, they put out games that were, were direct ports of the arcade games. But, you know, by the late 90s, you know, games like this were absolute direct ports of the um, arcades and as soon as I turned this on like one of the things I wanted to talk about was just the Dreamcast itself and what I've played so far and the games I've played on it so far and I don't know why this console failed because I'll be honest I'm and this is a controversial might be a controversial statement I don't know I did not like the original PlayStation it felt flimsy, <laughs> and it still does to me to this day. The controllers, even up to now, like even the PS4 controller, I haven't played a 5 yet, and I imagine it's still the same. PlayStation controllers always felt flimsy to me, but this controller for the, like the Sega Dreamcast itself, it feels solid, and the controller is light, but it's big, and it's plasticky, and it feels like a toy but it feels solid like i'm not gonna break this thing break this thing like even the nintendo 64 still kind of felt like you know that thumbstick felt like it was gonna break any second and that controller sucked it did let's just admit it the n64 controller is terrible but the dreamcast controller fits nicely in the hand it's not quite the 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 level of the duke for the original Xbox, but it's nice and 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 meaty. <laughs> you know, it's not quite the holding like holding a canned ham like the original Duke was, but it's up there and it's it's beefy and it feels nice and it's got nice action on the the 
the the D-pad and the buttons and it I like this console a lot and I wish I would have bought one back then. I, that was going to be my my big question for you is what you thought of the Dreamcast controller because I haven't held one since probably the early 2000s. I mean, if you're going to give me a controller with only one uh, analog stick, that's the one I'm going to pick. You know, it's not going to be the Nintendo 64. And, you know, I haven't really used the the analog stick so far on a lot of the games I've played on it. But I, it feels nice. Like, that controller feels nice. You're going to talk me into getting a Dreamcast. You should. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. I mean, and the yeah. sound is great. Like, the... the and there's hardly any load time. Like, do you remember the original PlayStation? You would put a game in, and just the freaking load time was like, all right, well, I'm going to put this game in, and I'm going to go make a freaking sandwich and take a nap, and maybe my game will be ready to go by the time I'm done. This thing, you pop the disc in, like, 10 seconds at the most, and you're in the game ready to play. Yeah, and I, I don't think the your opinion on the original PlayStation is that controversial. Like, I, I liked it, but I didn't love it. You know, like, I you mentioning the load times, it brings back flashbacks of when uh, Hurricane Aaron hit here back in the 90s, and I stayed at my uncle's house for a couple of days because he had power, and and my parents didn't. And I remember playing uh, his PlayStation because that was where I was first introduced to Crash Bandicoot. Mm playing crash bandicoot 2 and uh, he had the playstation and he had the super nintendo but i always just kept going back to the super nintendo because you know you put the disc in and you just have to wait forever for <laughs> the game to load yeah and i i'm actually thinking um me and joey were talking about it and there's this adapter you can get that'll turn it to hdmi and i'm gonna try to get one of those so i can start streaming the dreamcast to to twitch and there's a lot of good games on there I want to play and and I want to stream. So especially things like this, like Marvel vs. Capcom, you know, it's 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 not as much as I thought it would it it would be. Like I'm used to having fight like modern day fighting games where you kind of get a little bit of a story mode with it, especially like some of the newer Mortal Kombat games and things like that. You know, you get like a story mode with it but with these kind of older games it, there's really no story to it it's just arcade mode or survival mode you get like different game modes with it and that's okay but i wish that this game because you've got all these cool marvel characters you've got all these cool uh you know uh, uh, uh what am i trying capcom Str characters you have yeah, like the, mega man you yeah. have ryu you've you get, got um mm -hmm. some other characters you got as Strider well. in there you got all these cool capcom characters you could have had some really cool reason for them to be together and fighting but it's just kind of like all right well here's all these cool characters go fight and that's fun but you know give me a little bit of a reason the the selling point is you can play as spider-man and fight mega man or vice yeah. versa and which is a, actually a pretty good combination is Mega Man and Spider-Man. I uh, played that combo a few times. And my favorite two combos were um, Mega Man and Spider-Man and uh, Wolverine and um, Venom. Those were my two favorite um, combos to go with. And, and, and 
I put it out on Twitter the other day. I was playing this game and trying to get through the arcade mode. Chun-Li is stupidly overpowered in this game. I could not... Probably, she kicked my butt probably eight out of every ten fights that I had against her. I feel like most fighting games from that era, though, like they had the one character that was just next to impossible to beat. Because <laughs> she's just all over the place, and she just does that stupid kick thing, where she's like, blah, 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 and just kicking all <laughs> over the place. I'm like, I can't do anything. I can't. I'm just stuck in a corner. Every time I try to jump over her, she jumps up and just knocks me out of the air. Like, I don't know what to do here. Isn't that demoralizing when that happens? Like, yeah. the first time you fight a character <laughs> like that and you just, you're dead. And then I, I went, I mostly just played it and tried to figure out a lot of the moves on my own because I did go to Google and tried to look up a, a moves list for the game. And I'm, I'm looking at this list and I'm just like, I'm not ever going to remember any of this. Like, this is like reading hieroglyphics. It's just this too much. Yeah, it is it's been a long time since I played Marvel vs. Capcom, but you know, when I saw that you were reviewing it, it, it brought back a lot of fun memories of going to that arcade yeah. and playing that game and then even playing, you know, the the home version with with some friends, you know, because it's who wouldn't want to play Marvel vs. Capcom? Like if you're, mm-hmm. you know, a teenager or a little bit younger, when you can like play as Spider Man or Mega Man or Ryu versus Wolverine, mm-hmm. you know, like that's it's just such a cool idea and then seeing it happen in live action. Yeah, I agree with you. I wish there was more of a story aspect to it, but it's still fun. It's definitely one of those games too. If you have a dreamcast or, you know, whatever you can play this on, it's definitely a great party game. Cause who doesn't want to play, you know, a fighting game with Marvel characters and, and Capcom characters, like just the Marvel characters alone are enough of a draw to be able to get people into wanting to play this game because the graphics for this game are gorgeous. Like, the character designs, the way they move, the way they fight is just so ridiculously awesome. Like, I could just... I don't even need to play the game. I could just watch people play this game. And not to mention the roster and the number of characters that you can choose from is just Mm -hmm. insane. Yeah. I don't know the exact number, but I pulled up a list and I saw it and was just like, holy crap. There's a ton of characters. So like you you have no shortage of combos or characters to try out and choose from. Uh, and Rampage asked in the chat room if I played any of the secret alternate characters yet, like Orange, Hulk, or Shadow. No, I, I haven't gotten that far yet to really like unlock any characters because I'm still trying to get through the arcade mode, even though I put it on easy. I'm still getting my butt kicked because, like I said, I like fighting games, but I'm not good at them. Yeah, I've, I didn't know there were secret characters. And uh, I know there's a couple times where I picked, like, the Hulk, and it would actually be, like, you know, Gray Hulk and not Green Hulk. I'm like, I don't know how to change that. I want to be Green Hulk. Yeah, like, Gray Hulk is important because, like, that's the first version, but like, everybody likes the Green Hulk. And I tell you who else is badass in this game is, uh, what's the what's the Russian guy uh, for Capcom? Um uh why am i forgetting I, his name uh you know who i'm talking about the i i picture him in my mind but i don't know the Zangief. name Zangief. yeah is that it Zangief? 
I think so. Yeah. 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 Zangief. Yeah. I, I came across. I came up to a battle with Zangief and and Chun Li, and I finally got past her. And Zangief came running in and instantly pile drive me and killed me instantly. <laughs> like this is just stupid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that. But still, it's like when that happens, you can't help but laugh. Yeah. I mean, and just like you said, like just the characters that you can play, the amount of characters that you're that are available to you. I mean, as soon as you start, like it's almost like. Uh, uh, choice paralysis when you first play the game because you're just like who who do i want to play there's so many cool characters to play in this game and like i said there's there's no story mode to it or anything but it's still it's definitely one of those games you can still get a lot of fun playing just you know even if you have nobody to play you can still play a single player and it's still really fun to play and i I played it for so long on Saturday. I got I still have Nintendo thumb. Like my thumb is still sore from how long I played this game on Saturday. Yeah, it's it's one of those games, you know, like I, I can remember getting Nintendo thumbs from like Mortal Kombat. So I I I can see why. Yeah, speaking of Mortal Kombat, I just picked up a copy of Mortal Kombat 10 yesterday. I saw that. Because I actually, uh, at the the GameStop right down the street from me, they held on to a, Star, a Lego Star Wars Skywalker Saga poster for me. And um, the guy called me on Saturday and said he had it held for me. And I said I would be there, be there on Sunday to go pick it up. So, well, I went by the GameStop. They were having a huge sale yesterday on, on PlayStation 4 and Xbox One games. It was buy four for 20 bucks. And I got... Mortal Kombat 10, I got Last of Us Remastered, um, God of War, and Horizon Zero Dawn. So I'm, I'm between that, those games, the Dreamcast, and I'm good for like the next year of gaming. Yeah, I was about to say, you'll be good for a while. I'm, I'm stuffed. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I got nothing, I got no more room. I've, I've got eaten all the gaming sub, sub sandwich and uh, I got no room left for anything new. You're just leaned back in your chair. You had to un- undo your belt. You're just like, <laughs> undo oh. the belt buckle. <laughs> it's like, it's, like it's, it's video game Thanksgiving is what just happened. Yep. You're going to go into a game food coma. But, uh, but I mean, like I said, there's not really much more I can say about it. If it's, it's one of those games you just have to experience if you've never played it and there there's no shortage of ways to play this game i'm sure there's versions of, i mean there's like 10 different versions of this game i mean you got uh let's see there's x-men versus street fighter marvel superheroes versus street fighter uh marvel versus capcom uh marvel marvel versus capcom 2 new age of heroes 3 fate of two worlds ultimate marvel versus capcom 3 Marvel vs. Capcom Origins and Marvel vs. Marvel Capcom Infinite, which was the last one that came out for the PlayStation 4, and that one was released in 2017. So there's ways to play these games, and I'm not saying you got to go out and get a Dreamcast to play it or anything, but that's a good way to play it if you have a Dreamcast and you don't have a copy of this game. It's very, very good. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. On a scale of one to ten, I mean, it it gets a solid eight for just 
just out of sheer fun factor. Like I would love to, if, if there would have, like I said, if there had been a story mode or, you know, uh, other ways to, to enjoy the game, but it's pretty solid on its own. It's a great, be a great party game. And just one of those games that just, you could break out at any time. If you don't know what you want to play, you could just pop in Marvel versus Capcom and play a few rounds. And it, it's one of those type of games. So solid eight from, from me. Yeah, if you don't have fun playing Marvel vs. Capcom, then I, I don't need that kind of negativity in my life. Yeah, and we asked not too long ago uh, our patrons and, and listeners of the show what they would like to hear from us. And one of the ones we got was we don't really do too many fighting games, and they want to hear more fighting games. So there you go. There was a fighting game for you, and I'm sure we'll we'll do more. I'd love I and they're already saying in the chat room I need to do part two, which I will because I played a little bit of it yesterday. Not much, just popped it in for a little bit. Um, but yeah, it, they're good games, man. They're so good. I'm I'm ready to play part two. Yeah i I don't remember if I've played two. I think I have. Like I know for a fact I've played the first one numerous times, but I don't know if I've ever played the second one. And Joey Image says next next time I'm up there, his wife says she'll marathon play it with me. She loves random butt mashing. That's all I do <laughs> in fighting games. It's just I try to find like what the main move is. Like it's usually down forward punch, and you'll do something cool. You know that that's your standard like you know Street Fighter move. Like back down forward punch is like. We'll do some special move. As long as I get that, I'm good. And then everything else is just button mashing. Yeah. But yeah, um, that's pretty much gonna do it for for my review for this week. What you got? Uh, what you got coming up this next week with uh, future presentation? Yeah. So uh, two actually really good shows coming up. So tonight I'm gonna be chatting with uh, talent agent Tiana Jackson, who was the first black woman to be elected to the association of talent agents, board of directors. Um, She started her own talent agency years ago with zero experience. And she was featured in the New York times um, a couple of years ago. So that'll be, that'll be a fun chat. And then next week I'll be chatting with a visual effects designer, Zach Hamilton, who was one of the visual effects designers for a little known show called star Trek, strange new worlds. Awesome. That show is so good. It, it is. I, I need to finish it up but before next week, but oh, I, I'm I'm really excited to chat with him. You haven't seen the season finale? You need to get on that. Yeah, I need I've I think I've got like two episodes left. The show is so good. If you it's if, it's really good. That's my recommendation for the week. Go get Paramount Plus and watch Strange New Worlds if you've never seen it. it. I'm not a huge Star Trek fan, but I really like that show. Yeah. That show is the spirit of Star Trek. And then uh, for next week's show, uh, we talked about our uh, anonymous donor who um, requested that you review uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy VII. Um, they requested that I review uh, Gex Enter the Gecko for the PlayStation. So awesome. I will be reviewing that next week. Fantastic. And uh, for the Open Micers podcast, at Open Micers on Twitter and Instagram, we got so many cool comedians coming up in the next month and a half. Just I don't even know. I can't even remember right offhand who we have, but we have a lot, of, like a lot of famous comedians coming on. So just go to openmicers.com and you can go scroll down to the bottom of the page, and it'll show you our schedule, our show schedule for the next, you know, up until like September, I think. 
Got so many cool comedians coming on. So go check that out at openmikers.com. And um, I think that's pretty much just going to do it this week. And uh, before we go, I did want to remind everybody, you can leave voicemails for us. I want to start doing the voicemails uh, section at the end of the show. So if you want to leave us a 30-second to a minute voicemail, just go to anchor.fm slash nerdcaveretro and uh, just leave us a voicemail right there in the anchor.fm app or uh, website. So go do that for us, please. Yes. And uh, so, Derek, anything else before we leave here this evening? No, I think I'm good. All right. Well, let me play our music here. If you would like to email us, you can email us at nerdcaveretro at gmail.com. And I, this is where I usually name off all the places that we're at. So I'm just going to say nerdcaveretro.com takes you to our link tree. And it goes everywhere. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Anchor, everywhere. Nerdcaveretro.com. And, of course, our merch shop. Go get you a Planet Juice t-shirt. If you're playing Final Fantasy VII, Go get a Planet Juice t-shirt at ncrmerch.com. And you don't have to get a shirt. You can get a, a mug or a wall hanging, whatever you need right there. Also, patreon.com slash nerdcaveretro. There's little as a dollar a month. Keeps the lights on here at the show. And, of course, leave us a review wherever fine podcasts are given away for free. So, Derek, please tell them what it's all about. May the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. Yes. Master Blaster runs by the town. Monkey!